Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2027. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Washington State, where I live, although Richland, which is a bit east of me here from Gig Harbor, with a very special guest by the name of Virginie Duleroy. Virginie, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Yes, I'm ready, and thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have some fun today because you are doing some cool things. Now, before I give you a proper introduction. Maybe what's one little thing that people might not know about you? So I am the CEO of Pandar Film. Pandar Film is a LLC partnership made of three partners, and we are specialized in motor racing. We mostly provide video services for racing teams, drivers, their sponsors, and also we produce short and feature documentaries. Very cool. Well, we're definitely going to be talking about that. You've uh, you picked a nice little niche, especially for the Cars yeah audience here. So let me give you a, a bit of an introduction here and we'll get started. Virginie Adularoy is a French film producer and director, but she lives here in the United States. She was born and raised in the south of France next to Paul Ricard Racetrack. Maybe that was an influence hearing those cars going around the track. Originally working as a driving instructor. Very cool. Uh, Virginie decided 12 years ago to switch directions and learn video film and editing. And in 2014, she specialized her company in motor racing video services for racing teams, as she mentioned. She works for dozens of teams since then in WEC, ELMS, and IMSA. Six years ago, she moved with her family to Washington State, where she is the CEO, as she said, of Pindari Films, a video production company specializing in motor racing and featuring documentaries. She directed produced the award-winning documentary Become Who You Are that was released worldwide in 2020 on streaming platforms and Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, we'll put a link. You really should. It's great. She is also the co-director of an upcoming docu-series about a past guest here on Cars, yeah, young Gabe Tesh, who is a young brain cancer survivor who has become a race car driver. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little listen. Buckle up. We'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, YA21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. 
Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So Virginie, we are back. I want to dive a little deeper into the corner since we're talking about racing today and talk a bit more about your decision to make this transition, this pivot, this move into focusing on racing, was it living next to the Paul Ricard track that gave you that influence or is there something else that uh, drove you down this path? I don't know. So actually, when I was a kid, uh, we used to go to the Paul Ricard to watch Formula One racing. And it was the time where there was Ayrton Senna and Alain Prost racing. And Mm. so it was kind of a really nice period uh, for Formula One. But honestly, I hated it because uh, it was too noisy. Oh, yeah. I was just a little kid and I was like, oh, it's too noisy. But, you know, I always uh, liked driving. And so um, basically I was a driving instructor. So I I didn't study uh, video in school. And I loved driving. I, I cannot let anybody drive instead of me <laughs> when I'm around. And Sounds so, like me. <laughs> yeah, I always liked cows. So I don't know if it was the influence of the racetrack being close to us or not. But uh, then I decided to go for video because I liked to take pictures and film and that kind of stuff. And I had the chance to start working as a videographer at the Paul Ricard racetrack for actually an American racing driver, Matt McMurray. Oh, yeah. He was 16 years old at that time, and he was about to become the youngest racing driver to drive at the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Mm, yeah. And he came at the Paul Ricard racetrack to, for a test day. And so his dad contacted me because I was close to the track to film his son, and that's how I started to film racing. And, and I loved it. And I wasn't bothered anymore by the noise of the race car. <laughs> yeah, he finally got some earplugs and earmuffs and exactly. so things. Yeah, so it sounds like you really love to capture the person behind the wheel. But I want to go, before we talk more about your company and your filming, I want to go back to driving instructor. What kind of instruction did you do? Was it racing? Was it driving? Was it uh, accident awareness type driving? I was teaching teenagers um, how oh, to drive okay. Okay. Um, to get their 
license. Gotcha. Um, so regular uh, driving license. Okay. <laughs> no, no racing. Okay. Very cool. I love it. Well, you know, it's important. Uh, we have, I assume they have it all over the world, but we have here classes where, and I sent my kids to those where you could go to a racetrack, but they, they didn't teach them how to race, but they, they taught them evasive driving. So they put the kids in situations in the cars that they would be driving with emergency braking, avoidance, a skid pad, dropping mm-hmm. tires off into the dirt and not coming back across and hitting cars head on and so forth. Uh, I know it helped my kids. They told me that it did quite a bit. I think it's a lot of adult drivers could probably benefit from those those re-education <laughs> classes as too. Uh, just go out on the road and you'll see the way some people mm-hmm. drive is pretty frightening. So your company, uh, P-I-N-D-A-R-E, Pindare Films, is all about driving and so forth. And let's talk about Become Who You Are, which was released worldwide in 2020. Talk to our listeners more about why that came about, what it's all about, and for those who haven't seen it, what they can expect to see. Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, as I told you, I've been um, filming racing for quite a few years now, starting at the Paul Ricard. And then I worked in the World Endurance Championship, the IMSA, the Blampin, all kind of racing series. And I was able to witness all the work uh, behind the scene that the driver had to achieve in order to perform on track. Mm. And, you know, when you're a spectator, you just go at the racetrack, you see them with their helmet. It's kind of glamour and they just jump in the car race. It's uh, nice and fun. But we don't see all the work done behind the scene, all the training, all the struggle, all the travels and the fact that you have to leave your family. And so I wanted to highlight all that aspect of motor racing in a feature documentary. And that's how Become Who You Are was born. So I reached out to some drivers with different uh, background and uh, experience and asked them if they were willing to take part of that documentary. And so the documentary takes place at the 24 of Le Mans. Mm. And then it goes back and forth between this driver life and the race. And so for that documentary, we had Scott Dixon, who is a six-time IndyCar champion. Uh, We had Bruno Senna, who is Herton Senna nephew. Uh, We had Memo Rojas, who is a Mexican champion and who won two times the European Le Mans series. And we had Jules Gounon, who is a French racing driver, and he was a rookie at the 24-hour of Le Mans. So it was something new for him. And and so with these four drivers, we went into their life. We went in Brazil in the Senna family. We went in Indianapolis uh, with uh, Scott Dixon families. We went in Mexico. We went wow. everywhere with you them. You traveled a lot, uh, didn't you? Yeah, we traveled a lot and we followed them in their life to learn about their life, how they did end up doing racing, how they did end up at the 24-hour of Le Mans, um, how they did end up being successful. And so we, we learned about their life from their childhood until now. Wow, that's fascinating. So were there some things in doing that that you learned that you were quite surprised about? Do you mean uh, about the drivers? About the drivers, or? yeah. When you, you get that deep into someone's life and you're around them, and were there some things that stood out to you and went, whoa, I never thought about that? Uh, it wasn't exactly that. It was just I was more surprised by the dedication like they kind of sacrificed their whole life in order to achieve Mm. um, their goal of being racing driver so in the case of scott dixon he was 
ready just to leave his country, his family, and travel on the other part of the world, uh, from New Zealand to United States, just to achieve his career. And uh, in the case of Memo Rojas, he left Mexico when he was a teenager, so same as Scott, to race in France. And then, so I was surprised by the level of sacrifice and dedication. Yeah. It, it was like everything um, come after racing, like they were a hundred percent ready to give up on everything as long as they can achieve their goal of being racing driver. So I was really impressed and surprised uh, of that level of dedication. And and even for Bruno Senna, uh, pursuing a racing career, when you know that your uncle uh, died on a crash, mm-hmm. I was surprised that the, the passion for racing is so strong that nothing can stop them. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. That's what I've learned. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is amazing. And you're right. For most of us, we just see the glamour part, the putting the helmet on, jumping in the car and driving. You see little snippets now with social media of, of these racers lives and some of them that are maybe more uh, flamboyant or out there. You kind of go, wow, that'd be nice. There he is on his yacht or private plane or whatever that might be. But you don't see all that hard work and dedication. And then the team around this individual driver, because without that team, these drivers couldn't compete. So does your documentary pull some of that aspect in or is it solely focused on the driver? It, so it's mostly focused on the driver, but we, we also go back and forth between the race um, at the 24 Hours of Le Mans and their life. So when we are at the race, we got to interview engineers that were working in the team with the drivers. And and, and we also had uh, Chip Ganassi in the documentary Mm. and explaining that um, everything can happen during the race. You know, it's a 24-hour race, so you have like a a, a whole season packed in one race in 24 hours. So they explained also the challenge of uh, being a team, everything you have to face during a race and the the weather, the tire, the, you know, all the different conditions and you have to kind of forecast everything um, to make sure that your driver can go to the end and hopefully win. We didn't go really deep in the work of the teams, but still we have some uh, aspect of that uh, during the race. That race in and of itself is, yeah, it's like a whole year culmination into one single day. It's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. I think there's a lot of luck involved. There's a lot of skill involved, a lot of preparation. I mean, so many different things have to come together. Let's talk about the upcoming docu-series series with a past guest of mine, young Gabe Tesh. Uh, he was a guest on the show last year. I've become friends with uh, his dad, Jake. And I want to do a shout out to Jake because he's the one that introduced me to you. And this is an interesting story. And there's a lot of emotion tied into this because you've got a young child that had brain cancer he survived and decided, you know what, I'm going to go be a race car driver. And for some people, they go, well, gosh, you you dodged a bullet once. Why would you go do something so dangerous and, and risk it all again? Uh, what are some of the things that you are learning with this new upcoming series? And and um, what can people expect to, to learn about Gabe other than just the superficial story that I've just said here? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, basically when Jake, so Gabe's dad, contacted me, I was just like you, kind of surprised. Like, why does he want to become a racing driver? I mean, he almost died and he's going into a very dangerous field. He could be just an athlete in a different area, another sport, something less dangerous. And that was my first question to, (laughs) to his dad. Also, I can understand that when you survive, 
uh, you want to do something really spectacular with your life, not just being sitting in a office and, you know, do paperwork, yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I can understand. And, you know, when I worked on the, the other film, Become You Are, I realized that the drivers are not thinking about the danger. And if they start to think about it, they think about retiring too. Right. Because they said that once you st start to think about the danger, it's kind of... It deters you a lot, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So I understand that Gabe think about the... How can I say? He doesn't think about the danger, but more about doing something spectacular with mm. his life. Yeah. And I really admire it. And that's why uh, we are going for it with the company and producing that docu-series, is that we want to show to the world that um, nothing is impossible to achieve. Uh, you can go through difficulties and challenges and you can overcome them and just do something extraordinary with your life. And so in addition of being um, a docu-series, through that documentary, we want to show to people that they can achieve everything and, and just inspire people, inspire kids going through a disease right now, uh, inspiring uh, families that are struggling um, you know, with a kid in the hospital, for example. And so it, it's not it's not just a docu-series about motor racing. It will be really something for everybody to relate to. I think so. Yeah. An inspiration for, for hope for the future, uh, that there's things past this moment that we're going through uh, that you can look forward to. And uh, yeah, a lot of different components here in this this entire story. When you think about what you're doing what has you most excited about this career you've chosen? Um, I don't know. I I love to travel, mm -hmm. so it was a good fit. I couldn't have been someone behind a desk. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to travel, meet people. So so it's a really exciting work uh, because I get to meet new people every day and and travel a lot and just not being in a office and just you know moving all the time and yeah. and capturing emotion i when i film i always try to be as discreet as possible so people forget about me and i can get the emotions just the real things that are happening and not some acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I love in my work is to be able to catch this emotion and then to show it to people. You know, when when I'm in the garage, for example, I know that the spectators are not able to enter into the garage. And so it makes me feel happy to be able to film some elements in the garage, some emotion, some preparation, and then show it to everybody because it's kind of, offering them that uh, behind-the-scene uh, moments. Absolutely. You know, there's such a big difference between films where, as you say, actors are trained and they act and they're acting not the way they would normally act because they're portraying a situation or a person. But but also, if you look at um, TV shows nowadays that are somewhat scripted and they're supposed to be documentary types, but they're really not. You know that they're not because you go, there's no way somebody can run a business throwing wrenches at their employees. That would never work. So you're really capturing that raw moment in life, which if done really well in a documentary, it really draws you in because you feel like you're right there with the camera person experiencing the emotion and the rawness versus reality TV, which isn't really so real, mm -hmm. reality or real, as we say. <laughs> Is there been a uh, driving inspiration, a mentor or a key influencer in your life? 
Uh, to be honest with you, no. No! <laughs> so when, when I decided to change my career from driving instructor to video, uh-huh. I didn't get much support because people were kind of maybe worried or wondering what I was going to do yeah. <laughs> uh, because I didn't have... Uh, any degrees in video or, um, um, you know, art school or anything like that. I just learned myself how to film, how to edit. Like I've learned everything uh, from scratch. And so I think people were just worried and I didn't get much support. They were just worried that I didn't have any degree. Yeah, (laughs) like what are you doing, Virginie? Are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) That was that kind of stuff. And so I had to work hard um, to prove myself and also to prove to others that I was able to do it. And now everybody's happy for me because they <laughs> yeah. feel that I'm passionate about what I do. And so now they say that I did the right choice. But at the beginning, uh <laughs> Right. Well, you took a bold, bold step. And uh, when, when people do that and they step out of their normal path, uh, I think it's pretty natural uh, for family members to care about you and they don't want to see you fail. So they're concerned. Friends sometimes, I think it's a combination of that or friends are l- a little bit jealous, like, whoa, you're pretty brave. I don't know if I could do that. And then when you start to succeed, they're like, well, man, you are a lot braver than I am. (laughs) I could, maybe, well, maybe you could inspire me and I could do something bold. So I think it's really great uh, what you did. I got a lot of that when I started doing this podcast. It was so out of everything I'd ever done. Everybody was going, what do you think? What are you doing? But uh, you know what? Out of those uh, stepping out of our comfort zones bring out good things in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it has for you. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors again. When we come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge perhaps you faced during this process. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. Auto Geeks Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant. It's a spray-on, wipe-off sealant that's quick, safe, and easy to clean and protect your vehicles. I love using it on all my cars. AutoGeek's Blackfire SiO2 Spray Sealant is a spray-on, wipe-away sealant that uses SiO2 ingredients to provide a slick, brilliant, and long-lasting shine. Silicon dioxide is known to be one of the most effective ingredients in car care products, and Blackfire Spray Sealant takes advantage of every stunning feature it has to offer. This sealant will protect your paint from road film, dirt, and other common contaminants while providing an impeccable, long-lasting, hydrophobic surface that forces water to sheet and bead on your paint for months. Go to autogeek.net to get yours and for the best product selections on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Check them out today. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! 
Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So Virginie, let's talk about obstacles, challenges, failures. I like this question because it's really more centered on what you learned. What was the positive that came out of the negative, if you will? Maybe take us on a little bit of a, a bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> challenges. I, I had a few in uh, my personal life and professional life. Mm-hmm. I would say that recently the, the hardest has been when I did finish to edit Become Who You Are, my first feature documentary. It was ready for distribution. And we had a lot of interest from big streaming platforms um, and also airlines. And we had like a lot of interest for that kind of um, yeah. platforms. And suddenly COVID strikes. Oh. And everything shut down and everybody turned us down. <laughs> oh, no. So yeah. I basically uh, self-funded the project. Wow. And so I had all this money out. <laughs> yes. And suddenly all the streaming platform turning us down. Um, so it was a challenge. I was with that movie and I was like, what do I do? Should I just put it in a trash and we are done and yeah. I have to reimburse the bank and I don't know how. And yeah. <laughs> so it was a few months of um, huge stress and I really didn't know how to do. And so what I did is that I decided to self-distribute the film. So I started to reach out to all different kind of channels, platform everywhere in the world, in New Zealand, in Australia, in Mexico, in like everywhere. And we ended up distributing the film worldwide. So it went on streaming platform in all Latin America. It went in cinemas in New Zealand. It went on platform, um, streaming platform in Australia and so on. And, uh, and it's on Amazon in the US, in wow. the UK. But I had, um, instead of taking a distributor that usually uh, makes the connection between the channels or the platform and the producer. Mm-hmm. I had to reach out myself to the cinemas in New Zealand, to the different kind of platforms. And I, I cannot tell you how many emails I've sent over oh, and, gosh, yeah. <laughs> and try to contact people and phone call and everything. But at the end of the day, we managed to distribute the film. Wow. And now it's out there worldwide. But it was honestly a challenge. It was a really bad timing. It was a really bad timing to release it just when COVID strikes. And <laughs> wow, that so. is well, very bold and brave and uh, manifest. It's uh, wonderful. I mean, <laughs> holy cow! That well, you know, sometimes when your back is up against the wall and there are no other options, and giving up is not an option, which it sounds like that's not part of your language is giving up. <laughs> You find another way. And the COVID thing, yeah, you know, I had done my first season of a TV show that I was self-funding called Cars Yeah Television, where I went to people's businesses. And it was very, I'd never done it, very expensive. It was complicated. And then COVID couldn't go film anymore. So, yeah, for the last mm-hmm. two years, like, can't do it. So you are much more... Uh, uh, bright than I was on figuring out ways to make that work. Uh, you probably had a better product as I, than I did as well. But, you know, my hat's off to you. That is really, really cool. Yeah, thank you. But it was really, uh, when it happened, it was... <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's horrible. And yeah, you see everything you've worked for crumbling into pieces for through no fault of your own. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, uh, again, uh, bravo for what you did <laughs> uh, for pulling that off. And, and I think I would imagine that experience taught you an amazingly valuable 
lesson that there are other ways to skin a cat, as they say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've learned a lot now on distribution too. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Well, that's the other benefit. Yeah, I'd, same with me with the TV thing. I didn't know anything about that. And I, yeah, I learned an awful lot. Some of it I wish I hadn't learned, but uh, but definitely uh, is a great experience. You know, looking forward to this new uh, docuseries coming out, when will it be out so people can enjoy it? So the season one should be out in January uh, 2023. Okay. So next year. Yes, we are actually currently producing it. So we are filming. One of my videographers is currently with Gabe in the UK. Yep. So last week he filmed his uh, seat fitting and now he's filming some testing in Ireland. Um, so all of during this year, we are going to follow Gabe in his life and then edit the, the series. And so season one will be ready for January of next very year. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I spoke to Jake Tesh uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about Gabe was getting ready to go overseas. So uh, all of us have uh, Gabe in our thoughts here as he embarks on this next part of his life. It's pretty, pretty darn exciting. Uh, absolutely spectacular. So I want to talk about maybe a special vehicle in your life. Has there been one special vehicle that stands out for you? And if so, tell us about that ride. Yes, so it's a French car. So I don't know if you know that car in the US, but when I was a senior in high school, I got the chance to have um, a Peugeot, which is a oh. French brand, yep. uh, 106. Yep. And, and I loved that car. So because it was a special livery, um, do you say like this? So it was called the Peugeot 106 Kid, uh, which means that um, all the, the seats inside uh, were made of jeans. And so oh, as a teenager, okay. yeah, yeah, I found it really cool. <laughs> yeah. And so they were and, actually made out of jean material. Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a kind of a cool car for a teenager. Yeah. And I was one of the only one in my uh, class to have a car. And so um, I was super happy to have that. And in France, we used to have class on the Saturday morning. Oh. And so we had kind of a tradition with my friends is that when we went out of school on Saturday at noon, we used to take my car and we lived in a small town. And so with my car, we used to drive to the big city yeah. next to us. And we went down to the music store <laughs> yeah. to buy some uh, CDs and stuff. And, and that became some kind of a tradition because I was the only one to have a car. And <laughs> that was our thing to just take my car and go down to the big city. So you had lots of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of the car. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just looking at a picture here, the inside of that thing. So it, it has that jean material, and then it's stitched in that yellow color, kind of like uh, Levi jeans are, other jeans are. So it was uh, it was blue. So mine was blue. So the, yeah. the outside was a metal blue, and the inside was just blue, like a regular uh, jeans. And yeah, that was, <laughs> I mean, I found it super cool. And, you know, I kept that car until I got my married and had a child. Wow. So yeah, I couldn't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a cool car. Yeah. Little hatchback type car for sure. Yeah. They didn't import those over here. I don't believe I never remember. We had Peugeot's here, of course, but uh, not the 106 kids. So yeah, that was definitely mm -hmm. uh, for a different market. So I'm going to crawl into your head and be your car psychologist here. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. If you were going to be manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be. This is more how you perceive the, the woman in the mirror. What would you be? But more importantly, why? So I think I would be for the GT. 
Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. I love it. And why a Ford GT? I think it's uh, elegant and aggressive at the same time. Mm. And I can be like that, <laughs> like nice on the uh, outside, but I can be uh, kind of um, not aggressive, but like uh, I know what I want and I will go there. <laughs> yes. Well, you have to for what you're doing, for sure. So, so yeah, I would be maybe a Ford GT. <laughs> a Ford GT. Love it. And now this would this be a newer version of the Ford GT or are we going back to like the GT40? Are we talking talking about the 07 model or the new cars? Uh, I would say the new car, you know, oh, the, yeah. the ones they had um, in the World Entrance Championship. Yeah. Oh, those are cool. Yeah. It's amazing how that car evolved, went from the GT40, which was a classic race car, of course, to the Ford GT in 07, 08, 09, those, that era car, which looks so much like the GT40, but the new ones, they really did, I thought, a nice evolution uh, mm -hmm. into the supercar version. And they're just sweet looking ride so uh yeah nice cars i'd love to have one of those for sure <laughs> let's talk about a great book that you've read is there a book that really stands out for you that you'd like to share yes so uh my favorite one is the alchemist ah, um the alchemist. from paulo coelho yes. you know him <laughs> yes oh yeah and i i really like this book because it really shows you um, that you should pursue your dreams and and you kind of learn about yourself each time like each time you read it it kind of gives you some knowledge about yourself so yeah. that's really a book that I would advise oh, it's, it's a classic <laughs> yeah it's a great book I think everybody uh, that needs to be on a reading list at some point in your life uh, preferably maybe younger I think would be the, the best time but uh -huh. you can pick it up anytime so I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive now you mentioned earlier you're a lady that likes to be at the wheel you don't like to be in the passenger seat so I'm guessing you're going to be driving on this ultimate drive I'm going to provide you with any car in the world if you want a brand new 4GT hey I'll buy you one that's okay and you could be with anybody living or someone who's passed uh, and you can be driving anywhere in the world. So for somebody who's traveled the world and done what you've done, uh, what kind of car are we going to be in? Who are you going to be with and where are you going to be? Oh, wow. That's a hard question. <laughs> so as you said, I don't like to be the passenger. Right. I like to be driving and be in control. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely would be the driver. <laughs> but I don't know. Um you know, I, I went with Bruno Senna in the McLaren Senna, Ooh. Uh, and I think I would love to drive that car. <laughs> uh, you think? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so maybe I would drive this one, yep. but I don't know who I would drive this one with. How about Ayrton Senna? Yeah, yeah. Ayrton Senna would be a good fit, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You know, he was one of my favorite drivers, and my listeners know this. I have one of his quotes on the back of my business card. Uh, it says, the past is just data. I only see the future. Mm -hmm. And I loved a lot of uh, Senna's concept about life, the embracing life, of course, Brazilian. I mean, just that that passion uh, that he had, uh, a lot like Italian passion too, you know, when it comes to race car drivers. But I think mm -hmm. all race car drivers are passionate. But I think that'd be, be pretty cool driving with Ayrton Senna and a McLaren Senna. And yeah. uh, is there a place in the world that maybe you haven't been that you would love to go that you'd be driving? Um, I don't know. There's so many <laughs> places. Would it be a racetrack? Oh, you could be on a track if you want, or you could be driving through the Alps or 
Uh-huh. You know, there's some beautiful roads up in northern uh, England that I hear are just spectacular, or maybe driving all the way from Patagonia all the way to Alaska. I don't know. There's a lot of options. <laughs> um. So, okay. So I would go in Ireland. <laughs> ah, yeah. There's some beautiful, beautiful roads up there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. I'll get right on that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenging one. So you've taken us on a wonderful ride today. Really glad that we got to connect and talk about what you're doing. Looking forward to what we're going to be seeing at the beginning of next year with Gabe and in his life. Before I let you go, could you share maybe a success quote, a mantra, or some types of some type of words of wisdom? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, I think that nothing in life is impossible to achieve as long as you want it uh, really badly enough. Yeah. And and the drivers and the athletes in general are the living proof of that. And even Gabe in this new documentary. And so I think um, if I can give advice, uh, I don't know if I can give advice, but <laughs> I if think I, you can, if yeah. You <laughs> I would say that we should never give up on our dream. We should just hold tight and make them reality. You know, just make our dreams happen because it's it's absolutely something possible if we work hard and want it and just put all of our energy in, in our dreams it will happen. Absolutely. Great racing tie there too as well. So that works out pretty well. How can people learn more about your business, which I'll remind our listeners is spelled P-I-N-D-A-R-E, Pandera Films? Yes, absolutely. So we are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter under our company name, Pindar Films. Uh, we also have a website. It's 3 dot pendar agency.com cool. um and and you know if you go on amazon too you just uh go on video prime and you can find become who you are and hopefully soon we'll see gabe's documentary too. do something extraordinary <laughs> i think so very cool listeners you can find all these links on virginie's Cargia show notes page her name is spelled v-i-r-g-i-n-i-e virginie Duleroy, beautiful name. Virginie, thank you thank for being you. so generous. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for being so generous today with your time and sharing your life. This is so fantastic. Again, a big shout out. Thank you. Merci. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so merci much. to Jabe Tesh for <laughs> Jake Tesh, I should say, and Gabe for connecting me with Virginie. This has been wonderful. Until you and I talk again, my friend, since we're in the same state, I may just see you down the road somewhere. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. You're welcome. Au revoir. Au revoir. (laughs) If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.